The Lord is good. Once again, let's declare the word of understanding as we begin to study. Want to let us go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of it, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I don't know, I just felt anointed. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) All right, blessing has come to you again today in Jesus' name. Understanding is your portion again in the name of Jesus. The Lord will speak to you. Somebody say amen. Amen. And I'm saying this evening is looking for who to talk to again. The Lord does not always find what he's looking for. It's our duty to supply many things that he's looking for. He said, I sought for a man that will stand in the gap between me and these people. What did he say? I did not find. That's why he shouted at the time, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Are you getting my point? Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Can you believe that? That was not a joke. He doesn't act drama. Somebody, uh, and Isaiah looked. This is how it was. Ah. Nobody's talking. You have to shout, ah, I'm here. If you don't mind, can I do the job? Here I am. Send me. I preach a message like that in Makodi. I call it God is recruiting. God makes you for a purpose, then he has to now recruit you. He doesn't compel you to do what he wants you to do. No. He asks you to come with him. You know, he couldn't have done to um, Mary. Mary was just going on the road. Ah. What's going on in my stomach? Someone will just be bulging. They want you just deliver. I say, what happened? I don't know. I'm as surprised as you are. No. An angel had to come to talk to her. Are you getting my point here? God loves to talk to people. He loves to recruit people. He doesn't always find what he's looking for. I'm trying to say. So it's your duty and mine to supply what he's looking for. That's how he created us. Someone is looking for a prophet. Somebody has to agree. Even though he made us to be prophets. So are you getting my point? And so what I'm trying to say this evening... You have to make your heart, your ears, one that he can talk to. Are you getting my point? Yes. There are many people who are deaf to him. They go to church, but they don't listen to him. That's a matter of fact. You know that? Yes. Yeah. In fact, most people who go to church don't listen to God. I don't want to give you statistics now, but you can't. Easy. Anyway, let me not go there. Most people don't. And God is looking for, who can I talk to? Who will listen to me? You know, Isaiah said what? Here I am. Do what? Send me. That's when he said, who will he send? I want to give you a minute to pray. Say, here I am, talk to me. Yeah. yeah, it's an important prayer. This evening, God wants to talk to somebody. Just say, here I am, Lord, talk to me. Here I am, Lord, talk to me. I open my heart, I open my ears, talk to me. Lead me in the path of righteousness. Show me what is wrong that I'm doing. Show me what is right that I'm supposed to do. Show me the future that I'm supposed to walk towards. Show me something. Talk to me, talk to me. Correct my heart, correct my thoughts, correct the things that I'm doing. Open, you, know, just, you need to volunteer. That's how it is. You need to volunteer. That's why I say, who shall we send? Who will go for us? Who shall we send? In the same manner, I'm looking for who to speak with. Who can I talk to? Who will listen to me? Who can I talk to? That's what he says. Who will listen to me? Who will open his heart that I may pour my words into the person's heart? Behold, he says, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. He wants to talk to somebody. That message was not preached to unbelievers. I'm at the door of your heart. It was to a church. 
You know, it was a church. People think that this is we used to preach it to unbelievers. God is standing at the door of your heart. No, 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 no. He wrote a letter to a church. Can you believe God? Jesus came to a church and is knocking. Say, somebody should open. Uh-uh. <laughs> Say, Lord, my heart is open. Say, Lord, I hereby turn the doorknob and I open the door and I say to you, come in again this evening. Come in again this evening. Talk to me. Change my heart. You know, it's important. We used to say that Christian, you know, your heart is your spirit. It has been renewed. Lie. <laughs> it's not true. You have a spirit inside you, I know. The spirit of Christ inside you, but your heart can be renewed. Yes, it is the seat of your desires, the seat of your thoughts. That's why the word has to come and divide between, you know, dividing things that are inside there, separating light from darkness. Say, Lord, talk to me. Separate my light this evening from my darkness. Separate my light from my darkness. Many times we are mixed. That's the problem. And that's why God keeps on bringing us to places like this, getting us to listen. I was listening overnight and this morning to the reference teach some things. I said, my God. See the word of God. So beautiful. And he was talking about God's excellence. Ah, I said, my father. That is, I said, no, we need to do everything excellently. God was changing my heart. Changing my heart. Changing my heart. Say, Lord, talk to me this evening. Show me areas where I need to be more excellent. Show me areas where I need to be more excellent. The reverend said something. He said, the worst offenders are those with little gifts. Ah, I said, my father, this is a serious matter. He said, the man that they gave one talent was the one that buried it. The man that they gave 10 didn't bury it. <laughs> say, Lord, I'm sorry. My little talent I refuse to use. Are you getting my point? Some say, oh, oh if, I, if I'm TV preaching, I will preach. God said, hey, classroom, that's what I expect you to preach. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The reverend said, it is those that have little talents that are most unfaithful. Say, Lord, today, teach me faithfulness in the matter of my talents. Yes. How I use my time. It's very important. Say, Lord, talk to me this evening. Oh, let, let's pray some more. Say, Lord, talk to me. Talk to me. I have not come here just to be seen. I have not come here to bank the register. Sometimes say, how many of you went for Bible study? I put up my hand. No. I want you to talk to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me. That's why you are here. Speak to me. Say, Lord, that's why I have come. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, Jesus gave you so you might speak to me. Speak to me today. Oh, that's the most important prayer we should pray in this season. Say, Lord, talk to me. The Lord is looking for who to talk to. Say, here I am, Lord. Speak with me. As a result of that, just declare that word again. Say, now I declare. Now I and let's go together. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of it, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The Lord is good. Please greet somebody as you sit down. Tell the person you are very wise. Tell somebody else you are very, very wise. Yeah, tell somebody as you are very wise. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, we are going to stand up again, please. Not now, I'll tell you when to stand. What we want to do with the standing is to read the word of God together. TDJ has that habit. Normally in his church, they stand for the reading of the word. Um, we started looking at the most important prayer last um, school of prayer here, as last time. And that's what we want to go on again into today. The most important prayer. And um, we're looking at that from Psalm 19. 
And I would like, um, okay, we're going to read that again today. But before we go on, I want to just um, remind us again. And you see why this prayer is crucial. You cannot pray effectively unless you understand the purpose of God. That statement is very important. There's no prayer that's effective if it's not in line with God's purpose. God didn't put out on the earth to originate ideas and thoughts so that he can bring them to pass. No. That's why Jesus taught a crucial line in his prayer. That will be done. Very important. On earth as it is written. As it is recorded in heaven. That's what it is. Our prayer is to establish what God really wants to do. Are you getting my point? You know, God doesn't want you to ask him for... Sometimes you think something is good. But if God doesn't want to do it, he will tell you, don't ask about it. Yes. For example, Moses. God told Moses that you are not going to enter into the promised land. And Moses began to pray. After some time, you know what the Lord told him? Don't bring up the matter again. John said, if you see a brother committing a sin that is unto death, said, don't pray about it. Now, we're not discussing what's unto death or not unto death, but I want to let you know. John said that you can't pray about that one. Do you get my point? That's why it's very important for you to know what the Bible says you can pray about. There are things. You know, Jeremiah was praying. God, have mercy. God said, even if you like, go and wake Moses up. Add somewhere to it. I still will not listen. Why? This judgment is necessary. It's overflowing with righteousness. This judgment has been determined. At this point, I am not going to change my mind. The prayers that God answers are prayers he wanted to answer. He just needed somebody to pray it. Like we said earlier, he said, they've done things that are worthy of judgment, but I don't want to punish them. But to justify my punishing them, that is, if I won't punish them, somebody has to beg for them. So he looked for a righteous man that would beg, and there was none. So you see, if somebody had risen at that time and had begged, he would not have punished. Not because the person was so powerful, but because the person connected with what God wanted to do. Prayer can only be effective. Very important for us to understand that. Prayer can only be effective only when we have found out the will of God. That's why, that's why the next um, seminar we have in Port Harcourt, that's why we tagged it. How to be accurate concerning the will of God in prayer. It's very important because, you see, many people waste prayer time. Okay? Let me just say another thing. Prayer does not only... Okay, let me put it like this. It is not everything that people do using spiritual forces that actually qualify to be called prayer. It's not everything. A lot of Christians these days, they practice witchcraft. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, they practice witchcraft. A lot of people. They practice witchcraft. What is witchcraft? I'll, no, I'll, no, let's, you know, <laughs> ever since I quoted that scripture that stuck with me, Paul said, so to Timothy, be careful so you can save yourself and those that do what? Listen to you. So I want to save those who are listening to me. Many of these prayers people gather in churches to pray, they are, witch, they are practicing witchcraft. That's why a man says, anywhere they are hanging, between the heaven and the earth, I also hang between the heaven and the earth. And I fly, and I jam them. I go to your village. I crush them. That's witchcraft. I'm not kidding, no. That's pure witchcraft. One day, one of our sisters spoke with me. He said there was somebody that was disturbing her. You know? Another lady, a member of her church that time. She doesn't go to church anymore. So that one, like, counseling her, helping her, and all of that. So she told me something. I said, that girl is a witch. She's not a Christian. Forget that thing she's doing. 
So she reported the guy to her. And she said that, oh, that one, I will warn him. That there's a way she will pray the prayer. Are you getting my point? And she will warn him to stop. I said, that girl is a witch. But she knew her in church. I told her straight, this girl is a witch. She's into witchcraft. The other fellow is into witchcraft. Forget this Christianity. And it was, she was a rosary carrying, you know, looking very pious, you know, blue army. What do you call this? Um, um, this would account rosary laws in Catholic Church. Legion of Mary. She was a Legion of Mary person. I said, forget it. That girl is a witch. Both her and the guy that you said is disturbing you. All right. Forget how the guy used to harass her. And it was a spiritual thing. I said, both of them are witch, practicing witchcraft. 90% of the prayers you hear Christians pray these days, pure witchcraft prayer. Altar versus altar. Nine times out of ten you hear it, it's witchcraft. It's not Christianity. When you hear all of this, you will now put money down and you begin to declare. It's witchcraft. They do it in church. So go and listen to him. Everything he says, you see Pentecostal say it, it's pure witchcraft. Now, one emphasizes this witchcraft matter. It gets results. You can kill your enemy with witchcraft. But you did that witchcraft in church. I'm not joking. Your pastor was the the witch doctor of the day. And believe me, your enemy will die. There's only one problem. What a man sows. Not kidding about it though. Is it it smile for my face? Is it laughter for my face? Now I'm laughing now. Well, everything I've said so far, true. Many people are they are patronizing witching Christians. Christians sometimes they are bewitched. Paul had to ask, who bewitched you? A lot of congregations they are under mass bewitching. No, God says my heart, I'm not lying. They go to church, the whole congregation is bewitched. The guy in front has cast a spell upon them. There was one time in Nigeria, I was in the news, a man stole from his company, millions of naira. And his co-workers were surprised because he was a nice and quiet Christian man. What was more interesting was that almost everything he took, he gave to his church. He didn't buy clothes. He didn't buy, I think they said maybe he bought a TV or something, which he could have bought from his salary. So essentially, he didn't spend anything on himself. He went to the office, stole money, took it to church, and gave it. When I heard the story, I laughed. You know why I laughed? I said, I know who bewitched him. I won't mention names just in case I'm wrong. But I just said, ah, yeah. I know who bewitched him. He was bewitched. The greatest place where people are bewitched these days are places that call themselves Pentecostal churches. People go, they they can't think anymore. They can't think. They move around like zombies. Listen, those days, it used to be white garment churches. They were specialists in doing those things. I told you the story of a friend of mine who came to school and told us what was going on at home. And by the time he was done, ah, we were almost, you know, we were three guys, him and two other young boys on campus. We, we were almost in our minds paint the picture of demons running around the place. So we gathered and prayed. And we commanded all those evil spirits to get out of that house. Next day, his father woke up. You know, like, as if his eyes cleared. 
from hundreds of kilometers away, we banned the devil to get out of the home. The next day, his father woke up, his eyes closed, and drove away all the white garment people inside the house. They were specialists in doing it. I told them, my, a friend of mine who was teaching in one of, one of those white garment churches, I won't mention the name, you won't even know this one, because it was in Lagos. I used to go to, my, to this, this place in the evening, because my friend was a teacher in their school, and they gave him accommodation there. So, and we served together, me and this guy. So I used to come to his house in the evening, just go and hang out, you know, you're not doing anything. So he would sit down, we'll go to the church hall and look, big church, big. And one man would drive in. I remember the guy was a Ghanaian. Had a brand new car, he bought his own money, businessman in Lagos. Had a decent, I didn't know the house, but they told me about it, a duplex he had in Suleri. But he didn't stay there. You know where he was staying? In that church. Every evening, he would come there and sleep on the pew and be thanking God that this church has delivered him. I said, you call this deliverance? I don't need to tell you what he does with his money. I don't have details, but I know they've, they've, locked, they've, they've gotten control of his wealth. Oh, they were specialists in doing those things. So a colleague of mine told me about somebody who had been caught by one of those churches. Ah, it pained me again. And I told her, this is my colleague, get me that man's son, or one of his adult children, or his wife, and don't take me more than five minutes. He will be free. But of course, she looked at me like you. I said, look, this, we've done these things before. Yeah, I mean, when we prayed for my friend that time, I, I had not hit the age of 20. It's not, um, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's the word of God. We can, you know, you, you need to know these, these realms are there. It's in the realm of the spirit. You just come down. You know, there's a hierarchy. We knew where we were. We are in Christ. So anything that, that's why I couldn't pray for that man because he didn't concern me. Law calls it local standing. In law. You can't, if it doesn't concern you, you can't pray about it. So the court will call you a medusome interloper. Did I read that word? Okay, you're a lawyer. I, I, I lie. It was one time when they were doing them onshore versus offshore that I could tell me. It was when I learned it. So when they got to the Supreme Court, one man got there. He said, I'm Miss Curis or whatever, friend of this thing. The Supreme Court just looked and said, hey, what are you doing here? By the time you finish talking, they told me, please get away that you're a medusome interloper. I crammed the word, the expression. <laughs> so you made to some interloper. You know, sometimes, that, that's why I couldn't pray for that man because it was none of my business. In fact, I remember, I told you a story. When I was serving, it was one of my books. I, there was a woman that they brought to my clinic, done my youth service. I, I know the woman from time because they used to bring her children down there. And she was seriously ill. She had um, a serious case of typhoid fever. Not the ones they get in Enugu. I said, you didn't come to work. I had typhoid. He just come there. I had typhoid yesterday. What happened? The typhoid has now gone. I took three. I went to lab. The lab told me I had typhoid. You, the lab, the result. Three of you are confused in one. No, you don't have typhoid. That woman had a real one. All right. I was the only. I was medical officer in the. Was during my youth service. So, I did my best. I could. I didn't, I didn't have much I could do for her. She became unconscious. Her kidneys shut down which made it difficult for me to select my drugs. We put all of those things together. And I was there deep inside the bush, not really, I was not in Enugu. Deep in somewhere in Taraba State. That was where um, Jonathan now went years later, like 30 years after. <laughs> hey, not to 30 years, just 20 years. All right, the Lord is good. <laughs> anyway, so, now what I'm telling the story is that, so the t- it really pained me when I saw this woman just passing away in under my watch. So I went home to go and pray. 
and I prayed. I remember it took me like 40 minutes. I was in my room. Spirit of death in the name of Jesus. Not here. But, you know, spoke all the English I knew. But the problem was that what's my local standing? Thank you. I was my local stand. I remember very well. I prayed. I said, this is my clinic. So what happened? Next day I went to work. The woman woke up from her unconsciousness. Her kidneys recovered. She passed one massive amount of urine. She, was, she woke up. Her fever came down. And she told me that she, she spoke only for full day. That's Fulani language. Call it for full day. Or for Antashi. So she spoke only for full day. So the soldier there said that. She said that she wants to eat. I said, no, no, no. She can't eat. Now. I was so excited. Next day, this was I prayed in the evening. By next morning, she had woken up. Kidneys had woken up. So I was going around feeling very happy. You know, dancing that this woman is recovering. This woman is recovering. I came the next day. She had disappeared. Oh, God. Spiritual things are real. Because, so I, I still remember that day. I was so angry. The husband came around 7 in the morning. Said that, uh, the Babala said they should bring her. Send her poison. I said, jeez. I said, why didn't you call me? I just, you know, instantly, I saw Satan doing like this. You know, you played in your mind's eye. Satan did like this. Mm. I'm talking about local standing. You said, it's your clinic. I've carried her to my clinic. And that was why that guy didn't have the sense to call me. It's a spiritual transaction. Short of his mind, because I was just down in the, you know, the barracks there. It's the same compound. He didn't cross his mind. He said, I want to carry my wife. He said, okay, go ahead. So I just said, the woman is dead. Of course, for the end of the week, she was dead. I've told that story, I mean, I've told it many times. I've just told the story to highlight that was saying, you know, I just want to explain the issue of what? Local standing, like lawyers would say. All right? And that's why, like that story I was telling you, I needed them to get me an adult in the house who could argue that I have right in this place. All right, but of course they didn't do that. But what I'm telling the story is about witchcraft. The witchcraft thing is real and it's annoying because Christians practice it and they don't realize it. Don't imagine that those who practice it go to covens alone. That's why I was going, all right? And I told that story to let you that I've seen it. They come to the place, the people were, they, they were supposedly Christians. They were praying, they were fasting, but it was pure witchcraft. A lot of pastors do it. A lot of people even pr- they use familiar spirits to give word of knowledge. It's easy to know them. It's very, very easy to know them. You know, it, it, first, one, once you are aware these things happen, your an- antenna goes up. You understand? That is one, awareness. Secondly, just check the purpose of it. And then look at what it does to you. You know, I told you something before, that when this um, young girl in the book of Acts prophesying, you know, following um, Paul and um, uh, was it Barnabas or Silas now, Silas. Yeah, when they following Paul and Silas and saying that these are servants of God, why did Paul, first, her words were accurate. Why did Paul get provoked? This is what I think. You open your mouth, there is an effect it has on the people you are talking to. It's not just the words you speak. You can have a preacher that speaks bad English, he's quotes scriptures out of context, in context, on, on context, under context, anyhow. Yet, when he's done with talking, you are lifted. You just go, hey, Jesus, hallelujah. In fact, in the beginning was the word, hallelujah. And the word said, let there be light. Oh, after 30 minutes, thinking men are wondering, what has this guy said? 
But you, you will come back next time because you are lifted. Why? The words profit nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. You're just releasing a spirit that's putting life into your system. At the same time, you can find people who give accurate doctrine. Yes, they've gone to buy one Kenahigan book, one Facebook, memorized it, and they come, I'm deceiving everybody. Once you have discernment, you enter the place. Once the guy starts, spirit goes down. I've had those feelings before. As if you are being dragged. Have you ever had a dream in which you are trying to get up, you can't get up? Yes, you have that kind of experience in real life. You want to get up as if your body just want to respond. You can't wait for the sermon to be over. Yet, he's quoting properly. You know, tell you John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. They will sing amazing grace. Let us rise and sing. Let's worship the Lord. Everything they've seen done in other churches, they do those things. But the spirit is wrong. That was how, I think that's what happened. That girl opened her mouth and speak, and people just become dead in their hearing. And if you're a preacher, you know when you're talking to people that are not hearing you. Oh, yes, you will know. As if the words they have, you are using all the energy in your soul to bring out words. After you've preached for 15 minutes, you're so sure that it's three hours. Or let me be like this. You've preached for like three hours. You are sure you have spoken for three hours. For the amount of drain in your system. You look at your watch. Only 15 minutes is over. Why? The people are, what you call their hearts were heavy. They are hard of hearing. Spirits can do that to people dead in their ears. So if you get some of those places, it's easy to know. It's easy to know. Just demand, in fact, there's one man who mentioned, many of you know him in town. His pictures are everywhere. One of our brothers was saying the other day, he said, first he saw the man, they were talking about him. Very popular in any at the time. He said, the moment he entered the place, he listened to the man give two words of knowledge. And he just told the person beside him, this guy is obviously using familiar spirits. Can't they see it? And oftentimes those prophecies do nothing but feed their pockets. As I was coming this morning, I, 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 the Lord said to me that there's one woman, you're coming here, and said, this morning you're going to give one million. Are you the woman? Yes. You will get your car right. Get what happened to your house right. Get everything right. Your husband said, ah, why are you going to church so late this morning? You, everything that happened, he'll tell it to you. He said, the Lord said you are giving one million this morning. It always ends there. The Lord is good. I'm supposed to be preaching Psalm 119, right? We'll get there. But I'm saying, so Christian, you find a practice, a lot of witchcraft. It's going around, around town. That's how they start flourishing. Ah, no, you see, witchcraft spirits. Look, Satan too likes money. Devil likes money too. So you find that witchcraft spirits all over the place to get to where there's plenty of money. Kimothee's hometown, a lot of them there. Worry. Because that used to be this, you know, oil money was plenty in worry. Until militants drove everybody away. <laughs> so they food there, they food Portacot, Lagos. They are in Abuja too. I like the ones that um, tell you, my name is Papa Jumbo, the, the Buntarigi of spiritual oppression. Ten million naira for political office. Five million naira for local government. Thirty-two million to be junior prophet. I like those kind of people. Do you know why? There's no lie in it. You see him wearing his white and red like Guru Maharaj. He's there all red and roses. You know this one is a spiritualist. Understand? He's a spiritist. <laughs> He's not deceiving you. I like people like that. You know why? You mind your business, I mind my business. Those who want to follow you, it's a free country. I like Nigeria. You can be a Muslim, you can be a Hindu, a Christian, or like two of my classmates will say, we don't believe in God. You can be, you can be a Christian, you can be a Hab, then you can be a Christian Hab. 
I like Nigeria. So anyone you choose, it doesn't concern me. But when you now enter and say, in Jesus' name, honestly, God will have to punish you. I, it's annoying. Those are the ones that I just say, God, you have to shut them up. My teaching, actually, all right, my teaching, okay, is for you to bear in mind that you have to be careful you don't join those witchcraft prayers. That's what I'm saying. You have to be careful that you don't join all those witchcraft prayers. How do you know them? Listen to me. Once they, they remove your focus from the devil as your enemy and put on a human being, it's witchcraft prayer. Are you getting my point? Yes. Once everything is caused by somebody, because the Bible identifies only one enemy that we all have, your adversary, your neighbor. Huh? Huh? All right, that's what he said. Your adversary, the devil. He didn't say your adversary, your neighbor. So once they start pointing fingers, once they start mentioning father-in-law, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, uncle-in-law, uncle, are you getting my point? Once they start rejoicing in the death of a human being, watch out. You are dealing with witchcraft now. Once you are getting up and spiritually directly confronting people, it's witchcraft. Listen, the way God expects our own prayers to be, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. They are mighty through God. So that's the thing. Once your prayer is centered around the word of God, that's what purifies it. Be careful. Many people, I mean, a lot of those white government churches those days, they were doing animal sacrifices and calling it Christianity. It's called shamanism. It is not Christianity. I just, I try to emphasize to people that those things actually work. If you are, if you are talking about results, they work. You can do sacrifice and kill somebody. You can. That's what Balaam used to do. So you have to be careful. They walk, they walk. If you go to any place, they say that, okay, when you're coming next time, you know, is that telling you doing fetish things? Get away. That's witchcraft they are practicing. When they start giving you time of the night when you're supposed to pray, it's witchcraft. You know, for seven days you rise between 12 and 1 and face the east and say this, it's witchcraft. Just forget it. I don't care how they, look, the witches of these days, those, those witch doctors, they don't wear, they don't wear, they don't paint cowrie again because they know you go to church, you won't come. So you know what they do? They wear, they wear a suit. So fine clothes. When you see the guy, when you see his, his necklace, you see everything on him, he looks tush. Are you getting my point? No? One fine guy like this. Honestly, if you don't follow him for his prophecy, follow him for his answer. So people, they follow the guy. I watched him on TV once. <clears throat> I just told myself, look, he said, who are you to judge? I'll tell you why, who I am, I am to judge. I am the person who God sent to go and teach people. So I must tell the truth. I saw this guy on TV. I told my wife, this guy is a joker. This is what he was doing. You, no, get up, get up. Say, you, your light is supposed to shine. It's not shining. Why? Your village people, your, your uncle, say your light will not shine. You're supposed to be a light, shining. Your light is coming forth. It's over, it's over, it's over. <laughs> there goes the next person. The person will come. The same thing, I told my wife, this guy is a joker. <laughs> oh, you, your uncle doesn't want you to succeed. Your uncle doesn't want to succeed. You have an auntie. She's right now hanging between the earth <laughs> and the heaven. Right now, it's over, it's over, it's over. Bah, push that one again. It's a nonsense and ingredients. Forget this thing. Christian, just, and, you know, people being pure witchcraft. Some of them see visions. Familiar spirits are present. What is the safety? Listen to me. Don't follow anybody because 
of those stories they have to tell. Follow them for the way they lead you to righteousness. That's it. If anybody tells you, he saw in the vision that your aunt is hanging between heaven and earth and is fighting your destiny, he's a liar. I don't care who he is, he's lying. So what if my auntie is hanging? <laughs> Anyone that's hanging will die. Are you getting my point? <laughs> okay, let me get serious. What if your auntie is hanging? That's her problem. People can hang anywhere. It's a free country. My preaching is that why should it affect you? If indeed you were dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you should be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. So whoever is hanging anywhere should not have been your problem. I just said that you will practice witchcraft. I'm not telling you that people practice witchcraft. I said so. They do. But how is it my business how I'm living my life? Like I said the other time, if my wife is pregnant about to deliver and somebody is hanging between heaven and earth because of her, you'll be hanging for a very long time. I won't pray about you. Because one thing is that your, your position, geogra- uh, what they call astrologically and astronomically and geographically and elevationally cannot affect the progress of my life. You hang where you are. The, where you won't hang rich, self. Think on, think on yourself. You say, check out. Where you won't hang rich, where feel rich, where I did. My life is hit with Christ in God. I am seated in heavenly places far above all hangers and powers. <laughs> if you like, hang on power line. That's your problem. You know, it really doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. So that is why your, your prophet has to be really blind to be focusing on my, my, my eyes on you. Is it because you are not hanging? Oh boy, hanging is free. I like Nigeria. Hanging is free. In fact, I like Fela in that area. You know, Fela can be very prophetic. You know what Fela said? He said, if you like, you hang. If you hang, you will die. He said, this is the point I like about Fela's prophecy. He said, you will die for nothing. He said, they will carry your body to the police station for dying wrongfully. (laughs) (laughs) So people hanging between heaven and earth, what's my problem? You hang anywhere you like. It's a free country. Just don't hang in my airspace. Because by law, the airspace on on my land, to some level, is my own. You're hanging in your hometown because of me. Believe me, you're going to be hung for a long time. So any prophet that comes and says, Pastor Banky, as we're praying, we saw people hanging because of you. I'm not angry yet, though. I'm waiting for you to finish. As when I saw them falling down one by one and scattering, I said, you saw well. But if not said that, so what you're going to do, you two, you're going to hang and jam them. Me? Hang, jam. I don't have work to do. Listen, let's not get into this witchcraft thing. We are Christians. If you have enemies, should you pray about them? You should. You know, it's very important. Don't let these people kill you for nothing. You pray about them. How do you pray about them? Say, Lord, have mercy on them. Let them repent too. See as I'm free. Why can't they be free too? Did you not die for them too? Have mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. That is how to pray about your enemies. Why? You're not afraid. You quote that scripture. It will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's what you handle. That's how you handle it. It's not, it's not, a, it's a, I say to them, die, 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 die. Believe me, you are somebody's enemy too. And both of you are in the same church. <laughs> Trust me. The Lord is good. I'm supposed to get to our message. Why are we doing, why are we always talk on this thing? Why, oh God. 
So, please bear that in mind. Let's not play witchcraft prayers, please. Let's not. Let's pray the word of God. Like I said, prayer is supposed to be what? What God wants to do. That's what we are looking at. What he wants to do. And he told us the most, very important, listen to this. The most important that he's doing, is just like he did in Jesus. Listen to this. He said, in the beginning was, that's John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, the word, and then the word was God. And then the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Now that's the summary of God's purpose. The word becoming flesh in your life. That's the summary. If he says anything, let me give an example now. Psalm 92, talking about aging. I quote that all the time. Romans chapter 8, talking about the influence of the resurrection power of Christ. Those two verses of scripture, you get my point? You apply both of them. Now, that tells you something that the the, the, the law of the spirit, that, that the law of sin and death, which undermines the, the, the quality of life that God has given us as his creatures, okay, has been removed in Christ Jesus. That's the word. Are you getting my point? So the word becomes what? Flesh. So when I want to pray, my prayer therefore is that that same word must become flesh in my life. So as I'm growing older, I set my mind on that word becoming what? Flesh. It's a process. It's a fight. That's what they call fighting the good fight of faith. I want the word to become what? Flesh. Why do I pray about healing? Not because I just love to be well. You'll see that as we go on Psalm 119. He said, give me, you know, he said, revive me, make me live so I can obey your word. Why do I pray about healing? There are things he has said about the healing that Jesus paid for. He took our infirmities. By his stripes, we have been healed. Are you getting my point? Now, if I am not well, I will not be able to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. So I have two things in there. That's what my prayer is about healing. Is if indeed I have been forgiven in Christ, if indeed my sicknesses have been nailed to the cross, then it becomes, it's not about ah, those who don't want me to succeed. That's your problem. You know, I keep on don't worry about those things. My prayer now is that this word will become what? Flesh in my life. So I'm, listen to these words, I'm jealous for the word of God. I'm jealous for his word. I said, no, this is what he's spoken here. This was what the Lord wrote. So my prayer is now, the word become flesh. This word become flesh in my life. That is what primarily prayer is about. It's just to establish what God has recorded in heaven. You are getting the point I'm making here? Very important. is to establish what he has recorded in heaven. So, now let's now read Psalm 119. That's, so that, that's why we're in Psalm 119. To see, before we start reading this again, let me just go over a number of things. Like I said, we will stand to read. This, we explain something. So the word of God has different aspects. We just took like um, five of them and just picked some important words, even though they may often may be used differently in some translations. We said number one, there's what? The promise. The promises of God are reflected as thy word. You just hear me say, according to thy word. Revive me according to thy word. You know, uh, Let thy word to thy servant. You know, stuff like that. That's the promises. Then we talked about what? The precepts. What are precepts? Precepts are divine principles. 
there are principles that just, like, for example, that whatever a man sows, die shall also reap. That's a precept. He that disobeys his father, his mother, drives away his mother, you know, drives his mother, his lamb will go out in the time of, that's a precept. So we learn some spiritual principles. You're getting my point here. Then we talked about what? Commandments. Commandments are simply commandments. Thou shalt not do this. Usually commandments are mostly negative. What I mean is that don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Okay, sometimes thou shalt. Then again, we're not talking about what? Testimonies. What are testimonies? They are personalized commandments. Things that apply to you that you just discovered from working with God. Just said, no, I can't do this. He said, there's nothing wrong with it. He said, maybe for you. But for me, the Lord will not accept me doing that. Like I was talking with a friend of mine today. He said, look, Banky, this one works. I've invested in Bitcoin, and I'm watching on the... He said, look, 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 this one is... is no, this one is not like MMM. So I turned to my other colleague. Now, this is the interesting part. The guy talking to me is a professor. The one on my left is a professor. So I turned to the other professor. I said, look at this joker. I give on what he does not know. I'm telling me his journey. You, you did that. He said, the person who told me is from America. I said, you did say thief, not the America. <laughs> That's what I told him. I said, you don't think there are crooks in America? I said, where was Bernard Madoff? That stole 30 something billion dollars. He said, okay, sure, okay, sure. I said, you see the way they've convinced you. So, so I, t- I turned to the guy on my left. I said, you see this other guy telling me that um, this thing. Yeah. Said, I said, you know what? They have, already, they have deceived you too. I said, let me tell you the truth. No, he was not telling me that. Look, okay, if he walks out, Shebi, you will say, I've told you, you two, you will join. I said, no, he's a believer. I said, my guy, you know the way the Lord deals with us. I said, the way he has dealt with me is that once I go because the money is quick, the thing will crash because of me. I said, so be enjoying your free money. If I enter your boat, my name is Jonah. <laughs> I told him, I said, once I enter that boat, the whole thing will come crumbling down. I said, so please, just don't invite me to the boat. I am Jonah. Let me be going to Nineveh. If I face Tashish, enter your boat, all the money you have made is sinking. But I said, meanwhile, my brother, they've deceived you. Now, why I told that story is that I told him, I said, you can go on. No problem with it. I said, but I am forbidding. I am forbidding from doing something purely because it makes money. Talking about what? Testimonies. And we're not talking about, of course, um, ordinances. Like uh, Catholics, we talk about sacraments. Uh-huh, you know? Ordinances are you know, physical things we do that reflect a spiritual thing. Are you getting my point? So there are different aspects of the word of God. Now, we'll go back to Reader Psalm 119. Now, one other thing I want to bring out is as we go on, you will see something. David will say something like this. I have done this. Are you getting my point? Now, when you are praying like David, you may find out that you can't say that boldly. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You may find out that you cannot say that boldly. I have done this. I have established this. You will see as we go on. You know what that means? It is simple. It is a point of what? Repentance. When you get to a point, you are reading something, you cannot say that boldly. Now, please listen to this. We are talking about the most important prayer. I went to all of the evidence at the beginning to let you know that let's not waste time in prayers that don't matter. I talked about witchcraft prayer, right? I believe it was just a word of God for some people here today. But the other prayers are beyond witchcraft prayer, which are legitimate prayers, but Jesus doesn't want us focusing on them. What shall I eat? What shall I drink? God, I need a new job. I need a new car. He doesn't even like hearing much about such things. You're supposed to do those things to dismiss them off your mind. Prayer point that's focused on what you need is supposed to be what? 
dismissive. How do I know? Read the Bible in, in, as a whole. You'll find out that Paul said that when you pray effectively on things that are on your heart, on your mind, that are disturbing you, what is it God will give you? The peace of God. He didn't guarantee that that thing will come immediately. We did not preach our faith well, in which we say, like, if you just need a car, just tell the Lord, this is a car, and I need, and I need it to be blue, and I need the blue to be bluish, and I need it to be turquoise, and then I need it to be made in 2018 and sold in 2017. It happens, you understand? All right, you tell it to an 18 model. <laughs> By December, you can collect it. <laughs> so you describe it, the, the glass has to be this way. If you were doing like that before, stop it. The Lord will be looking at you and saying, this boy is asking for what he doesn't know. Are you getting my point? Sometimes you can pray for something you don't understand. There was a car I used to like before, just as an illustration. I won't tell you the name of the car, in case you have it and you like your own. Let me not spoil it for you. I used to admire this car from a distance. In a no good like this, you'd be passing like this. Ah, ah. I saw see motor car. 